Hi, and welcome back to Mingus on Tech. I'm Ken Mingus, Executive Editor at Computer World. I'm here with Mr. Android, J-R-F-A-L, from an undisclosed Midwest location. We're going to be talking about Android P. Stick around. Okay, and so we're back. JR, first of all, thanks for uh, stopping by from uh, this undisclosed location in the Midwest. Um, Thank you, Rap. Yeah, no, seriously. I did want to hear, you know, there's a lot going on, uh, has been a lot the last couple of weeks about Android P. Um, we don't know, there's no way to know what the name's going to be, like Parfait or Peanut Brittle or... It, it could be anything. Yeah, it's anyone's guess. That's always the big, irrelevant and it's, silly, nobody, but kind of fun guessing it game. It doesn't yeah. matter. I know it really <laughs> doesn't matter. I, I'm hoping for uh, Android plantains, but that's not really a, a you know a sweet thing. So a um, couple weeks ago, last week, uh, we had the I guess it's like a pre-release, pre-dev version show up. Um, can we tell anything from that as to what the final product hmm, P is going to be? Well, there's a fair amount. Uh, it, it's interesting because usually Google's been putting out these developer previews since the L version, Lollipop is when they started it. And, you know, they're mainly aimed at developers to start and then they kind of become more of a beta that your average user probably isn't going to download install, but somebody who's uh, an enthusiast and, and interested in looking at the latest and greatest can check it out on your phone if you have a supported device and, and you're so inclined. But this year, from the get-go, Google's making it really clear that this is strictly for developers at the beginning. Of course, if you want to go download it and manually flash it onto your phone, you can. But uh, whereas before, even the early versions were pretty feature complete, this time they're really saying, hey, we're holding stuff. There's going to be more coming out with subsequent releases. And you can tell because at this point, there are some visual changes and there are a few new little functional things. But by and large, the vast majority of it is under the hood stuff. Uh, there's some security and privacy improvements. And a lot of it is stuff that's just really targeted at developers. There's support for new like a new Wi-Fi protocol that'll make it easier for apps to pinpoint your location inside, uh, a, a new programming interface that'll let apps tap into some of these phones that have dual lens cameras, you know, where multiple cameras are different effects, so an app could then take different kinds of photos using those, uh, more advanced image processing and compression, uh, data management stuff that'll let apps work a little better, a lot of things that are behind the scenes. Some you hear a lot about this neural network stuff, which basically means that apps can uh, tap into Google's newest machine learning stuff in different ways that they haven't before. So um, a lot of little behind the scenes things that, that add up to a significant picture. But it's not a lot of stuff right now that qualifies as that kind of like big marquee headlining feature where you're going to say, oh, man, I'm going to download this and my phone's going to do X, Y and Z. We don't really have those big front facing consumer features yet, uh, you know, relevant to consumer or enterprise, really. The stuff that a user is going to notice right off the bat isn't there. But at the same time, that kind of adds more weight and more significance onto all these under the hood things that do matter and that you might not notice right away but make a big difference, especially when it comes to the privacy and security and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I wanted to find out because, I mean, obviously uh, that the message there is if you in the past have downloaded some of the uh, Android betas, you know, the last couple of years, you might want to, you're clearly going to want to wait at this point because there's a lot to come. Um, but from the under the hood stuff that you've seen so far, I, I, I think there's a lot that seems to be going on around security uh, with with Android P. Uh, can you can you give us some some idea of the kinds of things that uh, uh, users will be seeing later this year when it when this is more fully baked? 
Yeah, absolutely. And and I think um, I wrote a piece about this uh, earlier in the week that a lot of this stuff kind of emphasizes why OS updates are still important. Because a lot of people will say, hey, I've got a Samsung phone and whatever feature just came into Android itself, we've had on our device for you know two years because Samsung implemented it. But the truth is, these operating system upgrades are really about more than just the front-facing stuff. And the privacy and security elements are a, a good indication of that. So a few of the specific things coming in uh, with Android P that we know about right now, uh, it's a more controlled level of access that the operating system will have uh, for the way apps can look at your camera, microphone, and other system sensors. So for instance, let's say you have an app that for some reason uses the camera, if it's trying to use it while the app is in the background, so in other words, you're not actively looking at it on your screen, right. the app will have to give you a persistent notification to tell you that. And the same if it's using, tapping into your microphone. You know, it makes sense, but it's just one of those things that has never come up before. I don't know that it's abused regularly, but there's certainly the potential for an app to, you know, take advantage of that to be able to theoretically listen into you if you give it permission to do so. Now, if it's running in the background and, and getting into any sensor, into the camera, into the microphone, you're gonna know because there's gonna be a notification at the top of your screen telling you. And that's the kind of thing, again, you're not gonna say, man, I got Android P and guess what it does. But once you realize it, it's like, okay, that's probably something that your phone should have, that all phones should have. Yeah, um, it's interesting because it, you know one of the things that I've noticed with, uh, with, with iOS 11, I guess it is now, uh, I don't think it was with iOS 10, but it's the same sort of thing. If there's an app that's in the background that's running or doing something, I'll get a notification. And, and I always assumed it was it was either a privacy thing or a, a battery, you know, a battery use thing. You're running down your this app may be doing something to sort of run down your battery. Uh, and so I, it is interesting to see that uh, that. Uh, you know, Android P is going to have this sort of more rigid structure around how these apps can can interact with the phone. Yeah, and not surprisingly, Google has been moving in that same direction too. I mean, as we see nowadays, Apple, Google, you know, one they're kind of neck and neck. One will do something, the other catches yep. up. That one will do something else. They're both kind of going in the same path with a lot of these general directions and and one step behind one way or the other. And so with the last couple Android releases, there's been something similar where if an app is running in the background, you get a notification that, you know, it may be consuming battery. And so you'll see that with like a, a password manager app. You'll basically just have a notification all the time that it's running because it's standing by to, you know, tell you your password if you try to sign into Twitter. So it's not always a bad thing. It can kind of alert you when you don't need it. But, you know, it's always that balance of false positives versus not letting you know when something might be running down your battery or, you know, when it comes to privacy and security mm -hmm. stuff as well. So, um, you know, beyond that, there's more. There's uh, Android does a lot with backup data. If you sign into a new Android phone, you know, it's going to pull your app settings, your system preferences, stuff like that from the cloud where Google's storing it. It's always been encrypted, but with Android P, it's going to be an encrypted, encrypted in a slightly smarter way. Basically, the encryption will be generated on your own device itself and protected by something specific to your device. Uh, so it'll be tied to your, your lock screen pattern or pin or password, whatever you're using. So that means, again, it's just another little step. It was encrypted before, but now it's even harder for somebody to get to it if they shouldn't be because it's protected by something specific to your own phone. Um, that privacy extends with network connections. They're taking uh, new steps to make it pretty difficult for anyone to be able to track you when you're signing into different uh, Wi-Fi networks. It's using something called the, the MAC address when you sign into a Wi-Fi network. It'll now be randomly generated every time you sign into a different network instead of being consistently tied to your device from one to another. Again, not something you're going to say, gee, I don't want anyone to I got to have that address, now. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. 
who's going to know the MAC address of my phone? But when you start thinking about it, you say, okay, if I connect to 10 different Wi-Fi points across the city, you know, throughout my day and, and everyone sees that same number, then in theory, if those people were to coordinate, they could see where you are. You know, and not a huge practical concern for most people, but it can never hurt to have a little extra privacy, things like that. Yeah, it, it, it does seem like there's a concerted effort around security and privacy, at least with what we're seeing so far with this, you know, very early version. Um, do we have any idea, you know, has there been any discussion or rumor or speculation about what might be coming a little bit later on with maybe the, the real developer release or the real public beta release of Android P that somebody might be interested in? Do we, do we know or is that still, you know, way too far to, to, to figure out, way too far off? In the it's future? a little soon and Google in an unusual twist this year is keeping a lot of that under wraps. I think the whatever the big headline features are are things that we, we just don't know yet. And I'm assuming there will be at least a few of them because it was a pretty pointed message when they put it out that we will be adding more features in as we get closer to the release. I mean, that being said, there are some new visual and functional changes now, functional rather changes now. Uh, and, and those are going to apply in different ways depending on your device. You know, if you have a Pixel phone or a phone by like Motorola or Nokia, the companies that stick closer to Google's implementation of Android, you're going to see them pretty uh, immediately, whereas if you have like a Samsung or LG phone, companies that put their own design language in and kind of mold it in a different direction, you might not notice as much. But notifications get another revamp here. Uh, just both visually, it's a little more of kind of like a rounded corner design, you know, for what that's worth. Gotta but then also it. it brings, what's that? Gotta have it. Yeah, you got to. <laughs> it's I, it's rounded funny corners. too. Yeah, it, a lot of the design actually is a little reminiscent of iOS when you look at it and you see them side by side. They've gone to more kind of round, circular icons uh, with, you know, more brightly colored hues in like the quick settings, which looks a lot like the, you know, swipe up from the bottom yeah. iOS design. So, you know, like we said, it's Apple emulates Android, Android emulates Apple, it goes back and forth. Uh, but functionally on the notifications, it'll have more emphasis on pictures. So say you get a message with a picture, you'll be able to see more of visuals in there. You'll be able to see more of a conversation history right there, which just makes it a little easier to get around. You're not having to open apps constantly. You can really do everything just swiping down right there in the notification, uh, no matter what else. Another new touch that I think is actually kind of cool, subtle one, but one that'll, one of those day-to-day -day difference kind of things that I, for me at least I'll notice is a, a new native system for editing and sharing screenshots. So, you know, you snap a screenshot right now, you see it in the notification, you can share it, but if you want to edit it, you've got to send it to another app, you know, whatever photo editing thing you're using. It's just not like a totally smooth, seamless experience. So with P, there's a new screenshot editor. You take a screenshot, you just hit edit. You can, you know, draw on it if you want to make a notation, circle something, put an arrow, crop it, and then right there, send it to whatever, email, Slack, yeah, it's Next interesting that that sounds like, you know, that again, that and it, this goes back to the whole point that you're making that when it comes to like how these mobile operating systems are developed, you know, Apple will do something, uh, Google will respond, Apple responds, because it, it, what you just described, you know, when you do a screen grab or a, a quick screenshot or even a photo um, on the uh, iPhone, it, it you know, it, it goes, it minimizes to the corner of the screen and then you can do things, you can edit it, you can draw on it, you can do whatever, and then you can send it to someone and then delete it if you don't want to keep it, you know, and have it part of your photo library. So it sounds like it, it, it's very similar to that. Do, is it, is it a safe assumption that we'll know more by the time we get to Google I.O. or at Google I.O. about what's coming in, in Android P? Oh, I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure. So the current timeline they've got right now, there are going to be four more developer p previews, okay. one in May, which... Logically, we could assume will probably come out around the time of I.O. Yep. Um, and one more somewhere in July. Uh, 
and, and then kind of got out of there. One in May, two in June, and one more somewhere in July. Now that next preview, which will be the May one, that's expected to be a public beta where they're saying, okay, we're now stable enough that if you want to try it out on your phone as a regular user, and if you have, it's usually limited to Google's Pixel phones. Sometimes Sony or another company will you know, uh, add compatibility and get in on the program. But if you've got the right kind of phone and you want to try it out, you can go to a web page, click a thing, and you'll get an over-the-air update as if it were, you know, a regular rollout and it'll be on your phone. Usually by the time they get to that beta point, it's fairly stable. Of course, there's still the possibility that some things might not work right. They may still tweak things. But yeah, it seems like the May release will be when we see a, a fair amount more. And of course, the usual cautionary tale, if you're uh, using your Android phone for enterprise purposes, you might not want to be downloading public betas, but uh, you know people will anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, assumption that uh, Android P will arrive August, September, and that generally when uh, the next version of Android pops up? Yeah, on their timeline, they've got it for quarter three, so you know, sometime between July and September. Um, Based on past years, and and if we kind of just do a little bit of calculation, early August seems like a reasonable guess. Mm -hmm. uh, reasonable guess. Last year, the first developer preview came out later in March. I think it was on the 21st, and the final release came out on that same day in August. So this one came out a little earlier in March. You know, it's not to say that every year is the same, but it makes sense to think it might come out a little bit earlier in August this year, based on sort of that time frame that they do. And really, every year since they've been doing these, they've been making the time from developer preview to uh, the final release. They've been uh, giving developers a, and, and manufacturers a little more time. So that could extend it a bit. But I mean, mid to late August at the latest, okay. one would think makes sense. Okay. Check. But technically, they've got through the end of September to hit their, you know, mark of quarter three. Right. Okay. So, trick question to you. For, and this, okay. <laughs> this, this goes to uh, Android updates in general because we've, we've been talking about that. Um, yeah. How long will it be <laughs> before <laughs> most Android phone owners, users, whatever, will see Android P? I know if you've got a, a Google Pixel, you'll get it very quickly. But uh, let, let's talk about the upgrade process, update process, and kind of what you've been finding when it comes to the way carriers are handling these things now. Because we're talking about P now, and as I seem to recall, there's a big manufacturer who hasn't yet rolled out Oreo, right? So Yeah, more than one. Yeah. yeah. So what's yeah, going on more there? Than one. I mean, we talk about this fragmentation issue uh, uh, fairly often, and it, it, you know, you had done some research that was, I, I think, fairly surprising in that it's getting worse. The carriers are getting slower and slower to roll out you know the next version of android um so so what i don't want to steal your thunder what'd you find <laughs> yeah it's it's uh it's a scene man i mean it's uh it's always been an issue that, uh, that there's a lot of inconsistency and it's kind of one of those it's, it's the nature of the beast because you know android is an open source platform and that means samsung lg any company can take it they can do what they want with it and they do you know samsung's version of android looks very different from google's version of android they add in their own touches their own features their own uh, visual flourishes and as a result you know of course then it's up to them when a new version comes out to take it make it look and act the way they want and then update it. The, the version that Google puts out is not just going to run on a Samsung phone. And of course, there's some technical things that have to be done as well, you know, to make it work with every bit of hardware. Right. But on top of that, companies are just doing their own thing. So it becomes their software and it's up to them. So, you know, it's a double-edged sword. You could say there's some positives from that in that uh, that sort of diversity has helped 
spawn, you know, innovation and helped Android move forward and ideas that Samsung or HTC or whomever have come up with have made their way into Android itself over time. But then at the same time, you get this awful issue where, you know, six months after Oreo comes out, Samsung hasn't sent it to its thousand dollar flagship phones anywhere in the world. And, uh, you know, here we are now in the middle of March, and they're just starting to trickle it out to the to the Galaxy S8 in, in some places of the world. Not in the U.S. yet. Uh, the U.S. hasn't seen any upgrades to the current or previous generation uh, Galaxy S or Galaxy Note. They kind of have two flagships. LG hasn't really sent anything out yet, uh, you know, current or previous. And that's just, I mean, you know, you can't expect everybody to get it out within two weeks, but if you're not getting it out within six months, I'm thinking six. It's months. not a priority. Do do we have a sense that uh, I mean, is it just that it's a lower priority for the carriers? They've obviously got a got a lot going on. You know, I mean, if you want to be conspiratorial, they would like to sell more phones, and so you know, you get the new phone with the latest version of Android rather than last year's model, and you're waiting for six months, nine months, or however long. Or is it that they, you know, because of the the, the things that they want to add to Android to make it customized for you know, each carrier's users, is it, is it, or maybe it's just a combination of all three, you know, it's lower priority customization. And of course, wink, wink, nod, nod, buy a new phone. Yeah. I mean, I think a combination, I mean, the reality though, is that we've seen that companies can get updates out reasonably fast when they want to. It's not to say that, you know, maybe not again within two weeks, but we've seen companies do it within a month, within a couple of months. Um, it's certainly possible. And then you look at the graphs, what you were talking about with the the, the trends. Uh, this year I went back because so I've been tracking this stuff since you know the early 1700s and <laughs> went back and uh, pulled data from the last four years yep. uh, where we've kind of had a consistent pattern of releases and the developer previews and all that. And it's been getting worse. So, I mean, you can say what you will about how long it might take a company realistically to do things. But when you see it getting meaningfully worse year after year, there's clearly something else going on. And what's particularly interesting is that over that same period, every year Google's been making it a little easier for developers to get the, the releases out. Uh, and, and so, you know, something doesn't add up. That, that's the time when the developer previews started. And then each year the developer previews have been getting earlier and earlier. Uh, manufacturers have been having more and more time with the software ahead of its release. They've been putting out the final release earlier and earlier in the year so that it's ahead of, you know, phones that are coming out in the fall or pre-holidays or whatnot. Right. And, uh, you know, yet at the same time it gets worse. I think personally th there's more of a question of motivation uh, than anything else because you just think about it logically. Samsung isn't going to make any money by sending you the latest version of Android. And it takes a fair amount of resources and effort on right. the company's behalf. And the quicker they do it, the more resources and effort they have to put in. I mean, if anything, it's actually counter to most companies' interests to do it because if I send you the latest software and your phone's feeling fresh and new and you've got cool stuff, you're less likely to go out you know, this holiday season and pick up our new model. Google is really the sole exception to that rule because Google, you know, nowadays they are selling hardware and making money off that, but the company's main business revolves around ads and getting you to use its services and get online more, you know, it has more to gain from keeping you happy with Android and using your phone and using Google services and spending time on the internet, whereas Samsung or LG don't. And I don't know that the motivation has really changed despite everything Google tries to do to, to nudge them and make the process a little easier. Yeah, I'm actually a little surprised because with, with the Pixel now, you know, with, with Google making its own hardware, 
uh, I would think that that would serve as a bit of a, a, a real push for other carriers because, you know, I, I realize not everyone waits for the latest update like we do. We're techies. We want the latest, greatest, as fast as we can. But, but I think a fair number of users must realize that, you know, they don't have the latest version of Android and they may wonder why their carrier isn't giving it to them. And they may, you know, again, thinking this through, if you want that, you get the Google phone because you're going to get the updates immediately. I mean, if for no other reason than for, you know, not just latest features, but just better security, you know. And I'm surprised yeah. it's not pushing the carriers. It, it, it's interesting that, you know, you would think the carriers would be going in the opposite direction and pushing these things out faster and earlier rather than slower and later. So I was really surprised, I mean, obviously other than Google, really surprised that what you found is, is you know, where we're at right now. Yeah, I mean, this year was by far the worst it's been, and it's been bad before, but I mean, in this year, you're mentioning the report card I do, so there's, there's a grade that's based on, uh, I'm pulling up the numbers in front of me, it's based yeah. on the length of time for the upgrade to reach a current flagship, yeah. as of the upgrade's release, to reach the previous gen flagship, and then communication. But the bulk of the score is you know, 60% based on the current flagship, 30% uh, based on previous gen, and then 10% communication. And with those metrics, so, you know, it's a pretty data-based analysis. There's not a whole lot of subjective stuff there. The communication is a little subjective, but it's it's pretty easy to figure out. And, you know, you can see it. there's not a lot of judgment call in there. Um, so with that in mind, Google was the only company to get an A, yep. uh, which, which that's happened before. Not entirely shocking. But then the next grade down from that, second place, was a 65% D. And that's a pretty that big drop. A, yeah, from one to the next. Drop. Yeah. And then worse yet, every other score after that was F, below 50%. And two of those Fs, uh, from Samsung and LG, no less, were 0%, because as of, this was six months after right. the release. Uh, and as of six months, half a year after the software's release, you know, neither of those companies had done anything. They hadn't rolled out anything. They hadn't said anything of, of substance. Uh, you know, they haven't said, hey, we're working on getting it to, to this and that phone, we'll have it in this month. They just stay quiet and don't do anything. And uh, like you said, you would think that having the pixel option would improve that. It's still early days for that. You know, Google had the Nexus program before. That was a lot kind of more under the radar. It wasn't aimed as squarely at enterprises or consumers. You know, it was kind of a enthusiast in the know sort of thing for the most part. So, you know, this is only two years into Google really pushing with its own full-fledged, we make hardware, we're selling it to the general public initiative. And uh, I know I saw some stats not long ago that, you know, of course, they started very small yeah. in the market share and percentage. Sure. But from year one to year two, there was a pretty substantial growth. Still a very small piece of the pie, but, you know, you look at the trend of it growing. So it'll be interesting to see over time if they manage to figure out that uh, – it's a tough nut to crack, especially in the U.S., of, of marketing and distribution. Because, you know, here people still buy phones from the carriers. Right. Most people walk into AT&T or Verizon or what have you. And, and Google's phones, the easiest way to get them is to order it from Google. You know, there are a couple of carriers and stores that do have them. But, you know, you're not going to see it prominently displayed in every carrier store the way you'll see, you know, an iPhone or a, a Galaxy S phone or whatever they're pushing at the moment. And so I think awareness is a big part both on the Pixel sales front and on the upgrade thing. Because like you said, most people just don't know what upgrades are about or why they should care. And, you know, a lot of people will say to me, oh, people who buy a Samsung phone don't care about upgrades. Why do you spend so much time talking about it? But there's a difference between having an informed sense of what it is and saying, I recognize this. I have other priorities. I like the way Samsung does X, Y, or Z, and I'm going to buy Samsung's phones. If that's the case, more power to you. You've made an informed decision. But there's a difference between that and just kind of this uh, ignorance of not 
being aware of what upgrades are about, why you should be getting them, what it matters in terms of security, and the fact that there are you know different options for that. And I think a lot of people fall into that latter category of just not knowing because not surprisingly, Samsung and the companies that have consumer attention don't put a lot of focus on that. Well, they're not telling them. They're not telling them. Right. We're not giving you. They're not saying anything, which is sort of disturbing. I do wonder if, at a certain point, if the the um, rollout of the you know previous generation uh, version of Android begins to overlap with the rollout of the new generation. Let's say another three, four, five months go by, and some of these carriers haven't rolled out Oreo, and we're already moving on to P. You know, at, at some point, I think it's going to begin to sink into users that, hey, wait a minute, you know, I, I'm a customer. This company's not really taking care of me, uh, you know, uh, with with my phone, and uh, maybe I should just go with Google. You know, we'll see. I mean, you know, obviously to be to be determined down the road. Yeah, and that seems to be what Google is hoping. I mean, you know, every interview you see with uh, the, the the hardware executive Rick Osterloh, who came from the Google-owned Motorola toward the tail end of that before Google sold off, sold off Motorola. He really makes a point to emphasize our expectations are low in these early days. And, you know, to a degree, he may just be hedging his bets. He doesn't want to say we're going to dominate and then the numbers come out and he looks like a, a fool. But, you know, they're, they're making it very clear that they're sending a message we're starting small and growing from there. So the big question is, you know, what it looks like in five years and 10 years. And of course, who knows what smartphones will even be like at that point or what the industry will be like. We might all be just, you know, wearing helmets with uh, visors that tell us everything. Who knows? But in theory, I think they're looking at it in a long term perspective. So it'll be really interesting to see how that does uh, develop and grow over time. Yeah. OK. Um, I, I feel like I've got a, a pretty good sense for where things are with Android P and with updates. Any any other thoughts around Android before I let you go that, uh, you know, you, any other points you wanted to make before uh, we call it a day? Well, you know, the only other thing we've been talking about a lot this week is with all the criticism of Android upgrades, that there are a couple of little uh, points that get overlooked. Because, uh, you know, the upgrades are deserving of a lot of criticism on this platform. But at the same time, I think a lot of people do forget that there is that option of the Pixel. People say, well, you know, Apple sends upgrades out to iPhones immediately, no matter where you bought it, et cetera. And you just have to think about it in that same context with an Android. You can have that experience too if you want it. You just have to buy, you know, I've often said the Pixel is the equivalent of the iPhone. The it's what I, if, iPhone if, if I was buying an Android phone, I would be, I would be with a Pixel immediately, absolutely. For right, and reason. honestly... Yeah, at this point, it's pretty much the only phone I wholeheartedly recommend, largely because of the fact that you're going to get not only the uh, you know ongoing OS updates, the major ones, and the more incremental ones, like the .1 releases or the .01 releases, but also those monthly security patches. Uh, you know you're going to get them pretty quickly after they come out. And it's also the only uh, option now where they've extended that guarantee to a full three years, whereas with most manufacturers, it's two. So that's pretty significant when you're spending you know, $800 or whatever it is on a phone. Um, but then also, I, I think the phrase OS upgrade just really means different things on different platforms. Uh, so you do these comparisons, and they're kind of apples to oranges, so to speak, because on iOS, uh, an Android, uh, uh, rather an OS upgrade on iOS carries a lot more with it. You know, if you're getting that update once or twice a year with the major ones, and that includes updates to your your mail app, uh, your browser, pretty much every element of your phone. Uh, all those system level apps are part of it. Messages, music, Siri, maps, mail, everything. Whereas Google has moved away from that and kind of deconstructed things where it's updating all those pieces little by little throughout the year. So while the OS upgrade situation 
leave something to be desired for most people who aren't, you know, on, on Google's own phones or the couple of their companies that are showing promise. Uh, you know, you are still getting a lot of updates. Uh, any month could see a level of updates to these system-like apps that would equal, you know, basically a full OS upgrade on an iPhone. So Google has taken steps to help compensate for that, and it doesn't make up for everything because you still those foundational elements, the privacy and security, those can only happen at the operating system level. But no matter what phone you have, you're getting a fair amount of stuff going on. And a lot of that even does cover security because Google Play Services is a, a system level app that Google updates through the Play Store. And that covers Google Play Protect, which does all the you know virus scanning and, and protection. So it's not a horrible we're all going to die situation that is often painted to be, you know, people say someone, when we were talking about this on Twitter, someone said to me, Android is a dumpster fire. And people said, this is why I moved to Apple. And if that's what you want to do, by all means, you know, find the phone that makes you happy. But the point is, it's not an exact parallel comparison. There are still steps being taken that, you know, to make sure you're getting updates to a certain level, whether you're getting those foundational ones or not. And if you want the full upgrade experience and, you know, that ex the user experience that comes with that, you certainly can have it on Android if you so choose. You just have to pick the phone that's like the iPhone. The difference here is that you, you know, have many other choices because of the nature of the ecosystem compared to Apple's, you know, you get what Apple buys and or what Apple makes, and that's that's the one option. Well, so, that, that that's the downside to the Apple side is if you want more customization and flexibility, you don't have that on the Apple side. You're going to get what Apple sends you, and you're going to get the okay. hardware that Apple designs for you. They will play together very nicely. The updates will be you know rolled out very quickly and all that, but you do lose that uh, that broad range that you do have on the Android side of the world. Yeah, and I you know the plus of that is you don't have to do your homework and think. Can I buy a phone from Samsung? You know, we've been covering this stuff and talking about it so long that we know and it's second nature to us. But an average person doesn't know, you know, how Samsung compares to HTC versus LG versus Google. And, you know, to be honest, there aren't that many places where you can find it. That's why we started doing these report cards in the first place and, and kind of compiling this data and trying to make a resource for people to, to be able to educate themselves on it if they're uh, so inclined. Well, that, that opens the door for me to give you a plug, because uh, if you do want that kind of information on latest and greatest and what you need to know on Android, uh, you definitely want to look at J.R. Raphael's um, blog on Computer World uh, with all the latest. Uh, J.R., thanks a lot for stopping by. I really appreciate it. I've got a good sense now for where we're going. We'll be doing this again, I'm sure, this year as things roll out to see uh, uh, how things turn out. But uh, for, for now, thanks for, for stopping by. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was fun. All right. For Android P, that's a wrap.